Hello, friends. Joining me today is electronic music duo consisting of producer Daniel James and vocalist slash songwriter Brittany McQuinn. Fresh off a performance at Folly Fest, where they absolutely killed it. Check them out at any festival this summer. They seem to be playing just about every one of them. So without further ado, please give it up for Bloom. I'm here with the band Bloom, and you guys are, would you say you're based out of Fredericton? Yeah. Do you guys want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name is Brittany McGuinn, and I've lived in Fredericton actually my whole life. Um, and I'm trying to think what else to say right off. I've been making music for, I guess, that's always one of those fun things to talk about. I guess, really, I remember my first song coming to me when I was like five or six, but only really decided to try to do music um, as a career, um, probably in 2015, 2016-ish. And then that's right around the time that Dan and I started working together, actually. So do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Daniel, a music producer. I live in Fredericton right now. I've lived in Halifax, uh, Ross A., St. Andrews, PEI, all <laughs> over the place. I used to I played my first show just uh, on King Street there. What was Under the name of the venue? Uh, I think it was just called The Basement. It was below like a liquor store on oh. King Street. It was an all-ages venue. What year was that? 2006, oh, 2005, cool. 2006. Nice. Um, yeah. Shout out Coastline Records. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I started, I played in a rock band for about five years called The Bell Comedians. Also oh, yeah. out of Fredericton. We... Um, did some stuff around there. After we broke up, I got into producing electronic music and through um, a mutual friend, we met and started uh, making music together. Nice. So, what yeah. did you do with Bell Comedians? I played keyboards. Keyboards? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I remember the Bell Comedians. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. <laughs> Part, parts Fondry. of it, anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Shout out, Bell Comedians. <laughs> um, what are those guys doing now? Uh, all sorts of stuff. Adam, who was the drummer in the Bell Comedians, is actually the drummer in Bloom in our live okay. uh, band. Super awesome to have him. So, he still lives in Fredericton. Uh, Willow is, uh, he produces his own like kind of funk electro music and lives in Montreal. Scott Mallory also lives in Montreal and is taking an electro acoustics course in university there. And Ben Ross is out west somewhere, I think, uh, working with the elderly or something. Nice. Sorry if I got that wrong. Ben. <laughs> well, shout out to those guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Love them. So how long have you been producing? Electronic music or yeah. music general? Uh, both. Okay, well, I mean, 
technically, like, I made my first electronic thing in high school when I got an electronic drum kit and just, like, you'd hit a pad and it would trigger loops and I would loop those loops and kind of play around. But, and I made, I dabbled in it, but I really got sidetracked with the Bell Comedians and electronic music fell to the wayside. But after, so it was basically after they broke up in 2014, I really started getting into it because I had all this newfound time on my hands and moved back to St. Andrews and just spent like two years learning how to do it as well as I could. And so how long is that? Five years now? Yeah. That I've been going pretty hard at it. It's still learning. Cool. Yeah. And then, so you've been singing your whole life and then just kind of actually got into playing and writing music recently? Is that? Uh, well, I guess it was always like, the song like singing and songwriting were always kind of linked so i'm the singer songwriter right right um so i think i wrote my first like full song when i was 14 and it was like a moment of like heartbreak and there was a piano and i just could so i did and um i realized how good it felt you know it right. felt amazing to do that um and then i got a guitar uh and started playing with that I just got my hands on whatever I could um always been like a pop person um so I've kind of gone with what pop is you know there's different areas of pop and sometimes you're like you really like the style or you don't um but I've usually I kind of seem to like it whatever's going on with pop so um yeah so I started uh recording an album actually in 2010 um and then it went on for like it was like a backseat type of thing I was doing university degree in psychology and then um, I just, it was like, oh, I should really finish that. So I finished it in 2015. It was like a folk pop album. And then, um, yeah. And then once that kind of wound down a little bit, I did a few shows. Um, and one of them Dan was at and, uh, was like, yeah, you, you would be decent with like electronic pop. We should try this. And then that's really how this dynamic kicked off, I guess. Yeah. We like knew each other. We knew each yeah. other. We knew each other and then made I went music. To a show. <laughs> yeah. And you did. You did like you were doing some like pop covers. Chain in smokers. Your, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. I was like, oh, yeah. that's cool. Like, Don't let me down. I didn't know. Nice. I didn't know that. We should work together. Yeah. Mutual. <laughs> you sent me a vocal track the next day, and I made like a remix. And yeah, I was actually doing a, a show here at Taco Pecans in St. John, and uh, I went to that famous green. Um, bathroom where everyone takes Ooh, the selfies, nice. and I listened right like this, and I'd never heard my own voice with like an electronic production behind it and it was blowing my mind and i had to do a show and i was like i, I can't even think like i just want to like not do the show i just want to go make music right now in st andrews or wherever you were I don't know. Yeah, yeah so yeah so uh i was like we have to talk we have to talk the whole drive back from st john i just i listened to it like on repeat because i was trying to get into my head like how crazy it was right. just to, yeah and that's i felt like the old me died and the new me came to life at that point. The rebirth. It, I felt that for sure. I think you kind of felt that too. Yeah. Um, we just had this, uh, I don't know, working together. It's just, it's, we make music so fast. Mm -hmm. That's, I think what people tend yeah. to say is like, you guys make music so fast. Like a couple hours, we've got a song. We're both well like done. high output uh, creative. Volume. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? We don't, yeah. we just, yeah. Um, I, would, I don't want to say quantity over quality, but if you put enough out, if you make enough, some of them are going to be good. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's kind sort of how it's like our philosophy yeah. is like, 
yeah. write as much as you can and put like, and then, you know, if every 10 out of a hundred songs you write are amazing, then you've got 10 amazing songs. You've got an album. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. that's sort of, I think we both sit in that pretty, pretty well. Yeah. That's why it works so good. It does. Like we can get yeah. together and make a song in like two hours and be like, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> one of the last ones that we made, um, I remember it was just like, I had like a couple hours, um, you know, and I, before I had to like run and we were like, well, we'll just get together and try to make a song. And then yeah, it was just like, a, like one of my favorite songs we've made. And I was like, man, this is so crazy. And I'm pretty sure we're going to play it at the festivals this summer. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty rewarding. Um, it's, uh, felt easy in that regard so nice um so the first you said it was one of your solo songs that he remixed or was it like was it a cover or was it an original well it was a one of the songs from my folk pop album um i just gave him the vocal track because i had it right he's like just send me a vocal track Mm -hmm. and then so i sent it and he didn't have any of the music so it sounded totally different but that was part of the fun. I think it was even like yeah. lined up incorrectly. Like I oh, didn't, totally, I didn't, I didn't do like care. the right part at the right time, but <laughs> it was care. like, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, uh, the synergy was there regardless. But yeah, yeah, it's true. Definitely worked. Yeah. Nice. What was the name of that song? Do you remember? Tom Foolery. Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have a copy of it? Oh yeah, for sure. Is it something that could be made public? Maybe I don't know. We'd have to listen to it again. Yeah, it's been let me listen to it. I haven't listened let to him it. listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not as like picky about mixed stuff, um, but and I know my vocal was like okay-ish because I okayed it for an album. So yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm like, is my vocal okay? Yeah. <laughs> Always. So I bet yeah. we could find a snippet of it. Oh, yeah. definitely. If we could do like a snippet to could, reveal on this podcast. I could we totally could... throw it in like right now. Yeah. Sweet. Cut yeah, it yeah, in, yeah. Do it. it I like that idea. Sweet. Let's do it. Because I make you My voice sounds so much younger back then, and maybe other people wouldn't notice, but I think I recorded that vocal when I was like maybe maybe 21 or 22. Actually, I might have been like 19. Yep, I think I was 19. That's wild. Yeah. So how many years ago was that? Well, I'm um, 27 now, mm-hmm. so Eight several. Nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. it's kind of crazy. So on the folk pop album, did you play guitar as well? Um, I wasn't confident in my guitar playing skills. Uh, it's always been more of a, um, like I'll do it because I don't have anyone else to do it sort of thing. I've, if I can just have a microphone and sing, that's usually when I'm, I'm happiest. Um, so far, you know, that could change down the road. So no, I, I got someone else to play a guitar on it. Um, so what about live live? I used to play guitar. Yeah. Yeah, just really simple stuff. I was never trying to impress or anything like that. I just wanted to sing. Just I just wanted to like for share the vocals to a company. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to share the song, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so your your drummer, he he's not here today. Does he just do the live stuff? Like, if you guys record for the albums and stuff like that, is that are you producing the drums yourself? Yes. Cool. For the yeah, actually, almost entirely. Um, and then once we. Like, things will change a little bit because some of our songs are unreleased, and then when we're tweaking them live, we'll 
change a couple little things um, just to make it feel right live and I'll go back and fix them in the actual song. But yeah, most of what we, we do is just either sending stuff over the internet or getting in a room together and I'm making the music and she's doing the vocals. Yeah. Sometimes she writes the chord progressions as well. But Cool. Yeah. So when you were playing solo, did you have a, a name for your act or was it just... Yeah. Just... Well, I, I had an artist name for a little while and this feels like a so long ago. I don't even rem- remember. Whisper well, Roaring it. was what it was. What was it? Whisper Roaring. And that's Whisper part of why Whisper I did it because I always had to repeat it. Uh, yeah. Whisper Roaring. <laughs> yeah. And then I just... It's and one word. Well, yeah. two. But then people were like, um, we just want you know you to just be yourself or, or people would kind of tease me about it or whatever and i just thought well and especially around here where everyone already knew me as Brittany mcquinn i was like let's just go back to that so yeah. i did cool I had that for like maybe ha- half a year to a year somewhere between there nice <laughs> i was trying it out yeah you got to try a lot of things out <laughs> with music mm-hmm. you know of course see what yeah. sticks see like, what works songs? see, see yeah. what you can represent exactly. too yeah. 100 songs for we 10 we were just talking about that on the way down too <laughs> Because like, yeah. well, like we've done so many different things. Yes, we have. together before Bloom happened, That's and then yeah. Bloom happened, and it was like, oh, this is the one that people are actually responding to. So what'd you do before? Uh, I had a project when I first moved back to Fredericton called Hands, okay. where I was like doing vocals and doing very similar to like what Bloom is, like dark pop music, but just you. Yeah, and, but I she was on, on one. Of, she was <laughs> on one of the songs nice. that I released, but it just like I. I don't have a good enough voice and songwriting to do a full project, but I gave it a shot for a little while, but mostly it just helped me. It's something to spur on my production interest is like, that's why I was doing it. But then, yeah. And yeah. we've like, I produced her solo EP that came out. Yeah. Yeah. We year. haven't talked about that. Yeah. yeah. So this started as like, I was already doing my, you know, singer songwriter thing. And then um, I, you know, it was like, well, Dan will just produce music for me. Um, and, you know, it works a lot better when we have, um, when we're kind of equals, I guess. Uh, I don't, I don't really, there's lots of reasons why, but Bloom, you know, when, for me as a singer-songwriter, you, you kind of imagine that, like, there's this person that people expect you to be, and then you uh, sort of fill that role. But with Bloom, it could be whatever we wanted. And so at least on my end, I was able to get out of my um, rhythm a little bit and start to try something different. And in that, I've rediscovered who I am, um, which has been really good. So Bloom has helped me bloom, I guess. Nice. But um, but yeah, I think for me, like being able to, to just let whatever happen instead of needing it to be a certain a certain way. And also you have like a really specific style of production that and you want to feel fulfilled i think too by what you're doing Mm -hmm. so um i think that for us to be like you know we're both feeling like this is our sound is really important yeah for sure yeah and it was about breaking away from uh like i think there was like expectations of what your solo project would be and how far it would potentially go in whatever direction so i think just breaking away from that kind of freed us up and like bloom is changing all the time so bloom started with a totally different idea of what it would be and it's continuing to evolve like we are by no means like at the end of the no it just keeps you know what i mean like it's it's, yeah and we're very careful about like 
not putting too much out and letting us evolve behind the scenes while we're doing the live stuff. And like the live show was not what we expected to be generating so much interest. We were expecting to try and make it on the internet or whatever, but we started playing live shows and people responded to it. So we've put more energy into that. That has influenced the music and that's true yeah isn't it yeah yeah. it's we've ended up kind of favoring songs that we know people will want to dance to Mm -hmm. um even though we can definitely make slow music that's what we've made mostly for the past three years or however long we've got a lot of those kicking around too yeah but but where it's like we want when where we know we're doing a lot of shows we want what we create we want to be able to play it so i think we just naturally are like wanting to write more dance stuff because we want to we want to play it you know? Yeah, the dynamic's good for a live setting as well. Like, you can go with the dancey song and then mm-hmm. slow it down, back up. It yeah. really, it engages the crowd Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's sure. always been my philosophy is if you have the time and you can capture the audience's attention enough, it's more about sending them on a journey that's not always the same. Right. Mm-hmm. But that being said, if people don't know who you are, some t- and you only have 30 minutes, sometimes it's just good to go bangers for 30 minutes. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. True. But, uh, yeah, if you, if you like, go to see Radiohead or something like that, you love those valleys and you love the peaks. But yeah, well, the contrast makes each... Yeah. You don't know what's loud until yeah. you hear quiet. If right? you, yeah, if you go quiet, the next loud song is that much louder. Exactly. And then the next quiet one has that much more impact. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, Mad Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. That movie was like a hundred and fifty percent, and then there was like one quiet moment, and it was like, oh Intense. wow, I forgot about like quiet. I, I can't remember these. <laughs> yeah. It's like somebody. I think was it Charlize Theron in that movie, and Tom Hardy. And anyway, I think it was like she was hurt or something, and it was just like one moment of silence, and I was like, whoa, yeah. thought that. So that's just like cool. yeah. the ultimate. Uh, version of that but yeah i agree with you definitely yeah so now that knowing that with the live performance and knowing that you want the bangers and the dancey stuff does that affect your songwriting process i think it does yeah a little bit like i said it's it's definitely informing it but not um not like entirely i i think yeah when we construct an album if we ever get to that point that's Mm. when i think we'll start to explore uh, more of the quiet stuff again but i think definitely right now where it's so fresh and our new like the live iteration of us being a three-piece and having a light show and being more of a dance act just started in january so it's super fresh and it's going pretty well and right now it's definitely informing the music we're writing mm-hmm. but i wouldn't expect that to last forever yeah, I have no idea where we'll be in a year. Like that's how I feel about this project. I don't know what music we'll be making in a year. It's what <laughs> what is the hope? Is there any aspirations? I mean, yes and yes and no. Um, I think like I always, I love dancing. So so do you. Mm-hmm. That's why we make this music. Um, I love pop music. So for me, the goal is to like be a great pop act, um, and it's something that I've kind of always wanted to do um whether that means we're playing this type of show or that type of show i'd love to land in a place where we have and we we talk about this like where we have you know down the road we've got the fans that know who we are what they can expect and then they can expect to come out and have like an amazing emotional like 
high energy like time i guess that's kind of what i picture for bloom yeah for sure yeah yeah that's the main goal then whatever that looks like is gonna iron itself out over the next uh, few years i think yeah we very much have like a go with the flow kind of attitude towards it you know if something if people are responding to a certain thing like we're gonna lean into that a little bit and however that uh shows up like we'll go with it i definitely personally i want us to push the envelope of weirdness and like i don't know how else to say it but like what you expect maybe well like aggressive like a little bit aggressive a little bit darker and weirder like well, you I'd mentioned like, radiohead so is tom york a big inspiration for you he definitely was growing up like now i i mainly listen to electronic music because i'm super into it and i'm like studying the production but definitely like radiohead was one of my favorite bands growing up i often uh think back to like nine inch nails i would say nine inch nails would be like my first electronic music inspiration so that like industrial sound is something that's starting to show up in like some unreleased bloom stuff like a little bit more distortion a little bit more like a, just like an edgier sound and darker if every effort i make a turn to something i want i complicated sure i would wouldn't you say i'm not wrong it's all accounted for yeah i'll have once and more if daily practice was enough wouldn't i look like a god about moving on a high you plane looking down on earth no pain don't tell me that it can't be proven i want to be a superhuman i want to be a
So that's happening already. It's not something yeah. that is going to happen. It's already happening. Most people haven't heard the songs where that's happening on, but uh, I'm I'm quite happy that it yeah. is. But yeah, whether that lasts until next year, I don't know. But that's, that's, that's definitely where we're going. It's exciting yeah. for me to hear. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I think <laughs> people around side, here... Yeah. Love it. I think we'll... Uh, I think people around here will definitely like some of the newer stuff in that it's a bit of a divergence from like future based pop dance stuff, which is mostly what we've released so and far. And it's atypical for this area too. You don't have a lot of electronic industrial acts. No, yeah. If any that I can think of really. And like No, not really. I mean there's like Wangle Teb, shout out Wangle Teb, but that's like uh break beats. Yeah. Like Aphex Twin and stuff like that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, electronic music in New Brunswick is a little bit rare to begin with. Uh, yeah, exactly. not many people are making like pop music here, which is and arguably if they are, they're not doing what shows. Doing. Yeah. yeah. Or they're, or they're not living here or right. moved away or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think we're kind of, a, and, and then to add that we have a live performance with like a light show, I think is just another thing that makes us a little unique around here. And I think that's what people have responded to that whole combination of things yeah. makes us a little unique. I'm not saying we're special, but so how does the light show work? Do you have a lighting director or do you just have something set up to run off the beats? Um, it's, it is triggered by an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this company from Toronto called nano leaf light panels. They're little triangles mm-hmm. and we put them on cardboard and spelt out our name so each panel is made up of a bunch of these nano leaf light panels that spell B L E U M. And then from an iPhone, it just gets tapped. There's a color palette and you literally just tap on the iPhone and it strobes the lights. Super simple. Shout out nano leaf light panels. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so many looking, shout outs in this. Looking podcast. for a sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like an amazing, you know, we, for what we got, we didn't spend that much money on of it, on it. Um, Compared to other systems that we've yeah. like had our eye on, it was really affordable. And so that's kind of how we used the money that we made last year from shows. It was like to just make Reinvest. a better show. Reinvest, yeah. That's kind sure. of how we see this, you know. For sure. Yeah. yeah. We're definitely not making any money right now. Most of it's going back into like improving things and yeah Uh, and we still have a long ways to go absolutely yeah yeah like we've got a one thing i really want to do is start making music videos but cost money and you know so we've got a lot of growing to do it's very fresh but yeah the panels the light panels were uh, a great thing and i just found i stumbled upon them because i was nerding out about like smart home gadgets so I was looking at, I have like all smart light bulbs in my house and a home pod. I just like, it's an incredible experience to go in there. <laughs> yeah. We put the lights on when we did like photos one time and those yeah. are like the photos that we use. The yeah, fog machine, awesome. man. We had a, that was great. Whenever I'm making music, I'll like put some blue light on or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just stumbled upon these. And I was like, these would be great for a live show. And then slowly the idea panned out to spell the name and <laughs> slowly you kept going back and buying more yeah I kept getting more texts like it, can it. i buy more <laughs> and then yes yeah. <laughs> until it's it. spelled bloom nice. <laughs> yeah. and it's it's worked out so yeah, yeah. It's awesome good. it's a great little thing so you mentioned nine inch nails and radiohead as a past influence what are you listening to now as far as like djs and producers go billy eilish 
<laughs> Billie Eilish is my Not favorite. Not a DJ right nor now. a producer. Didn't even have to think about it. No, she's uh, Eilish. Yeah, yeah. I like to think that she kind of. Well, I mean, she's so popular right now. Like, there's, it's easy to be like, oh, she's just like the hot new thing. But I've been listening to her for quite a while. This new album is like uh, almost perfect to me. So right. good. Yeah, I think, and it's mostly just her and her brother. Like, it's not this huge pop enterprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's dark. It's weird, but it's super poppy. Yeah, and <laughs> it's uh, right up our alley, to be honest. Like, I on it. Yeah. So, like, you should see me in a crown. Sounds like a Nine Inch Nails produced song to me. Sweet. It's, yeah. So that's kind of, uh, and we were like going in this direction. I always laugh because like every time I have an idea of like something that would be cool to do, like somebody I love kind of beats me to the punch. And I feel like Billie Eilish did that a little bit with some of her stuff. Uh, but the, you know, the creepy high school thing was like what we were thinking about doing slash what you were thinking about doing. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not sure. And then Billie Eilish. And then it's like, okay, cool. Not that yeah. she does creepy high school, but just the horror, the aspect. horror aspect of it. I had this right. whole idea to do like, um, if you've ever seen like Riverdale, the show, mm-hmm. like yeah. a series of videos with like that aesthetic, um, based in a high school and it would be like a horror movie. And then, yeah, now she's doing like horror pop. And I was like, damn, yeah. but <laughs> Our, our thing, it. the thing that makes us a little different um, is, like, we definitely have more of a dance energy to it. It's true. Currently. So, yeah. we're not we're not biting <laughs> off her stuff. Mad respect. Shout out Billie Eilish. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wonder if she'll this hear this. She will for sure hear <laughs> yeah. this. Definitely. She's Guarantee listening. Guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's who, like, she's my favorite right now. So, yeah. 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 I don't have to think about that much. And on the pop side, that's more you. Who, yeah. Who do you look to? Well, I listen to her um, as well. Really enjoy her. Um, this year, Ariana Grande has been big for me. Um, both, I mean, I really admire how she sings. I, I can't sing like her, and that's just a different style of voice. Mm-hmm. But just the uh, the vulnerability in lyric writing, and um, I love the R&B aspect that she's she really owns it. Um, yeah, I just really have a lot of respect for her, and uh, she's kind of been... Someone that I've enjoyed for a long time. Yeah. Um, aside from that, uh, these whenever someone asks me this question, it's like my brain goes, mm-hmm. don't remember. Right, I have to pull up and I have to look at Spotify and be like, <laughs> who have I been listening to? And to be honest with you, a lot of times it's like, I like this song. And I this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, how playlist and playlist culture and like streaming culture has changed um how we consume music and how how attached we get to artists and acts right so i'll be able to tell you like oh this song and that song but how do i know who the artist is sometimes no unless i'm like you know what i should or Or like maybe i'll like more can you you say you like that artist exactly can i really represent this right yeah because it's like i like the single you know i think it's good because i think one mistake people make is like they write off artists as being like, I'm not into them. I feel like mm-hmm. people have done that for a really long time. And I've always been an advocate for like, listen to a song and decide whether you like it. Like mm. you can like a Miley Cyrus song, even if you don't like Absolutely. most of Miley Cyrus. We were listening to Miley Cyrus on the way down here. We were, her new album, yeah. I or actually like, I like yeah. most of what I've heard from her new album. But you know, like people can have this cognitive block where it's like, I've decided I don't like this artist or it's about something other than the music. Yeah, it's like your identity, right? So some people, and this is the way music has always been, I think. It's like you, 
if you're a music consumer, it's you can kind of make your identity around these are the artists and the bands that I mm -hmm. like because I relate to this person. Like when I was a kid growing up, it was like if you were an Avril Lavigne fan, it's because you kind of were you wanted to be her vibe, and so you you like you would like own her. Like even though you may not know her, right? You don't know her. Right. Mm -hmm. It becomes like that. Like it's how you is, define yourself. It is, yeah, yeah. and it's especially important for you know, I think teenagers who are starting to figure out how to define themselves or, mm -hmm. you know, if you're wanting to redefine yourself, like attaching yourself to certain um, things in our culture, music and movies, TV, that type of thing. So, yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah. So the songwriting process, is there anything that you guys do specifically to get into that, get into the mindset or just to get loose and get inspiration? Uh, sometimes I just get like in a mood where I'm like, like this happened to me this, this week where I was just like, I'm, I, I thought, what was I doing? I would think I was like, I don't even know I got, I got inspired by something I saw on TV and then I was like, I'm going to write a song. And then I just went downstairs and I opened up Ableton and I made a MIDI track and then started writing music. And it was just like one of the best things ever. And I was really happy with it. Um, that's a lot of the time. It just happens to me like that. Um, or someone sent me a beat and I'll write over it um, when it's not like a, I don't know, there's not like a ritual or anything like that, I guess. Yeah. Listen to it and see if I start hearing something yeah. <laughs> and write it down. Right. Yeah. So you, For study, me anyway. you studied psychology in school. Yeah. So does that ever leak into the songwriting process or oh, the for sure yeah yeah well for me it's like mental health is really important it's something i talk about a lot with my solo stuff mm -hmm. um so that's kind of how the psychology um comes into it and when i write songs i'm often thinking about what kind of um i, I want to say like message it's sending or you know like what emotion am i writing about um and then you know not you know you don't want to police yourself either. Um, but I definitely enjoy writing a song where I'm like, this is going to make someone feel like they're heard or understood. Um, that's a big one. Just people feeling understood and seen, I think is, is huge. If you feel like someone's written something and the lyrics are like something you've thought or something that you haven't been able to say, or that it's kind of awkward in our culture to talk about or something. It's like, it's just so liberating. And so you just listen to that song I do over and over again because I'm like, someone gets me. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the biggest thing. Um, if it happens to like be addressing mental health or something like that, like I talk about depression a lot, um, that's cool. We have a song that we do with Bloom actually called Visit that is just about like, uh, like a dynamic between people being restored and how beautiful it is to have something that's um, like and something that you thought was dead come like between two people come back to life and how new isn't always better than old. It can be this really incredibly beautiful thing for something old to come back to life. Um, I, I think I wrote like the line, like, is it, is it, is there anything better like than this kind of thing? Right. Um, I kind of see that as like a mental health song. I don't really know why. Maybe it's just cause of like the, the feeling that people seem to get from it. People listen to it over and over. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know especially in this culture now like everybody's so closed off with social media and technology that like the face-to-face -face isn't there anymore so like yeah it's true that kind of it could be like metaphorical in that sense yeah interesting 
know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And society's waking up to mental health issues too, big time. Yeah. Which is a good thing. It's true. I think our generation's a lot different, you know. Like it's more normal for us to talk about um just mental health being a part of health. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a and I think it's important. Yeah, I've seen I think like companies are waking up to that and everyone's, you know, trying to take care. There's a lot of like s- self-care going on. But yeah, you like mental health is a huge thing for you. Definitely comes out in the music. Yeah. You advocate. notice that, eh? Yeah. Even with Bloom stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's just kind of what I care about. I wanted to be a counselor actually. Um, that's why I went to school for psychology. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a counselor. Is that still on the table? Is that something you... Did you finish? Well, I finished my psych degree. Okay. Um, I thought about doing a master's in counseling and then got sidetracked with getting a job and then another job in not-for-profits, um, mm-hmm. doing like social work type of work. Um, so it was like I got like a social work job, which is very similar to counseling. Social workers do counsel. Um, but I actually found that um, I was getting burnt out from like compassion fatigue type stuff. Um, just really sad situations or like working so hard to make a situation get improved. And then the person that you're like trying to help didn't really own the change. And then because of that, like everyone around them who cares about them, their family would just get so discouraged. But if, if the person who, who you're trying to support doesn't believe in what they're doing then or what you were trying to do for them then the moment you're not holding their hand they're gonna they're gonna stop and that was like so much of what happened Mm -hmm. it was often driven by like the the things that I would do to try to support people was were driven by their mom or their their sibling or their partner or something like that um so I just found with that it was like uh, I could do it for a period of time when I was starting to get really exhausted from that was when we started to make electronic music and I was like yeah, music is so life-giving for me. I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I have to. And you can also, like, help people through music in a really special way. So mm-hmm. I don't see it as, like, I'm not doing it. I kind of see it as, like, I'm doing it in a different way, I guess. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand what you say with the compassion fatigue. Because I, I did a similar path. I, okay. I had a psych degree. I went into the social work, like, with youth. And, oh, yeah, okay. And I mean... Like with John Howard Society. Oh yeah, I used to like. So my brother worked sometimes. for John Howard Society. Yeah, so, right. I mean, yeah. you you feel good about what you're doing, but you never stop thinking about it. Yeah. And taking yeah. work home and can't just, shut it off, eh? And, and not when you can't make a difference. That it's, it's something I really struggled with. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You sometimes there was success stories, and there was no greater feeling. But then there was also the. The, just the peaks and valleys which the was peaks so much and of it right yeah. and yeah there was a yeah, lot of a valleys there's a lot of like head yeah. laying on the desk moments where you're just like oh yeah i can't or like you work so hard for this one goal and then it falls apart and it's mm-hmm. like this has been a year i know <laughs> you know did you find yourself drawn to that work because of stuff that you dealt with on your own uh like not so much on my own but with say friends okay and people growing up through high school yeah um some mental health issues with friends and family and so that's what sort of i switched over in second year i started with sciences and then just went into straight psychology cool and it was for that reason yeah i didn't really i didn't know that that was a path 
yeah, in I high didn't, school. I didn't really I didn't know either. what psychology was until yeah. I got to university. And There's then, a lot of paths they don't tell you about. Yeah. Exactly. School. So like then when I found out about it, I was like, well, this is actually what all I think about and all I all I'm interested in the brain, mm-hmm. like yeah. anything neuro related. Yeah, me too. So, so cool, isn't it? Yeah. I started in nursing actually. Cause it's a similar right. thing. My mom was a nurse and everyone said, Oh, you've got good That's bedside where you're manner. Going. <laughs> Be a nurse. And I got into it and I was like, I hate this so yeah. much. I just yeah. wasn't interested in the medical side, which is vital. Absolutely. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, <that's> a big <laughs> part. So, uh, yeah. So I get that totally. Yeah. yeah. And you're, do you find you're able to apply your education even if it's not, uh, you know, every day now? Do you find you use it in your everyday life, I suppose? Absolutely. I have an yeah. eight year old son. And so I did a lot of child development courses and like I said, I worked with youth and things like that. So, I mean, it's, it comes up a lot. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, with relationships and family, it's It's like understanding people and their brains, which is like, you're constantly dealing with people in their brains. All the time. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I, I used to play in a band as well. And like, so when I wrote lyrics, it was, I was always, I I think I went a little too far. You know what I mean? You're trying to be too metaphorical with everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like just like the psychedelic side of things and like writing about psychology in the brain and how I, I, I mean, I got way too metaphorical. It was like when you write your first song, have you ever like gone back and looked at your first lyrics that you ever wrote? Yeah, like definitely. Do you notice how like you're almost going over the top yeah. with things? Being too vague, being like vague to the point or for me anyway, it was like, it kind of sounds like similar to what you're saying. It was like, I think when I was at like 15, 16 writing songs, I was like, if doesn't, if it doesn't make sense, it's good. Exactly. But yeah. that's not actually true because if I don't, if I, I can assign a meaning to it, but mm-hmm. if it doesn't really relate to that, then it's not just because it's confusing doesn't mean you're, you've written a good song. Yeah, it's going to have some... <laughs> it took me a few years to And also just like, that. don't use every single literary device available Which to you. It's like, true. Songwriting is not poetry. They're both different right kind of or they, it doesn't have to be like, yeah so i think i have a book of poems that i wrote in high school and yeah it's yeah uh, you know i used to do I the was same. doing all the metaphors <laughs> and like oh, you know alliteration nonstop. and like yeah. it's like oh yeah this is fancy that's it's true cool. though it's funny that you say that it is you think you have to use every device yeah when like especially in song like my favorite lyrics are just like Oh, that those are words that I've said, mm-hmm. but yeah. you hear them in the context of the song and with the music and the melody, and it's like chills up your spine. Like mm-hmm. sometimes the most simple thing can just be so beautiful in song, and that's mm-hmm. you know it would look like crap written down on paper, you know, or it look like okay, I guess that's okay, but right. hear it in a song, it's like yeah, it's amazing, you yeah. know, for sure. Yeah. So as far as like songwriting goes. Electronic music is sort of in the drug culture for music. So, I mean, I I go to a lot of live concerts, and I know that it's prevalent. Mm-hmm. I've gone to lots of festivals. So I know that the crowd expects a certain type of music when they go to these places. Um, they indulge. Mm-hmm. But for for the artist, is that something that artists use as a muse or inspiration in the writing process? I definitely do. I definitely do. I, um, I smoke weed like pretty much before I dive into anything. Mm -hmm. I don't get crazy stoned and I don't smoke weed like most of the time, but take a little bit. It just breaks down your self judgment Mm -hmm. and you'll get an idea out. And this is like my, the idea of just creating a lot is like, 
I think a lot about like the philosophy and the mental mindset you have to be in in order to be a successful creative person. And a lot of it is about not like kicking down barriers and getting not getting bogged down in details and just like creating something like mm. and you know it you can sit there and obsess over every little thing just as you're starting a song but like is that fun i'd rather have like an eight bar loop whipped up in like the first 15 minutes and right. then later on i'll go in so i me and my friend from the bell comedians call it the puke and sift <laughs> where it's like i'll smoke a little bit of weed i'll open up ableton and I will just dump down like a 16 bar loop with like tons of ideas. Like I'll just layer it all up. And then maybe if I'm still into it, like an hour later, I'll arrange that out into a little bit of like a verse chorus, verse chorus structure. And then uh, that like I'll only start really diving in and obsessing over a song after I've gotten a vocal back. And, and it just keeps me, it just keeps me creating. So like I've I've always found weed to be extremely helpful to just like I wouldn't want to like finish a song <laughs> high on weed. <laughs> but you know usually I mean? you're, you like to start it that way, <laughs> right? Yeah, but yeah. it's just like you know, like I, I think it's pretty well known at this point that it's like a creative stimulant if mm -hmm. used the right way. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so like that's a big one for me. I know like I do. I've done MDMA before too, and I really like hearing a song that I've written on MDMA, not in the sense of like, I like it, but it's like, if it feels great on Molly, it's like, you know, that's what the audience is feeling when they hear it. So exactly. it's like being able to understand what that's like for me is kind of important. Um, I don't do Molly very often, but when I do, I like to put on a track and be like, how does this feel? Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. So it's a, it's just like a perspective thing. Um, but weed for sure. I, you know, I wouldn't recommend it for everyone, obviously, but uh, yeah, for me, it's it really helps me just break through that initial like concern of being yeah. like, this isn't good, this isn't good. It's like, no, every, when you're stoned, everything's great. Mm -hmm. It might be crap tomorrow, but like, it's better to create crap than nothing at all. You know <laughs> what I true. mean? Like, like you, you have said. to put, you have to be creative every day. I'm also like, I have streaks like. Britt and I have streaks where we'll pump it's out true. like six songs in a couple of weeks or like <laughs> some days I'm writing two beats a day and then other times whether it's life gets in the way or the song ideas just aren't coming like we definitely slow down but yeah uh, there's seasons for sure yeah we had a long like time where it was just us writing all the time and no one was hearing anything and now the shows I find that what's happening is we're so busy with the shows and show prep that it's it's not as much of a priority to be writing but uh for, for like practical reasons but i feel it when we haven't written or if i haven't written anything um i just feel like uh off balance inside and so it's like just something that i want to make sure that we're able to keep doing because it's uh you know it's just it's like the release part and then when we do the show it's like you're sharing like hey this is this cool thing that we feel and now you feel it and this is great yeah. you know instead of being like um i i find like i don't want to get into a mindset of like i'm doing this just to feed you something uh, it's like i'm doing it to like feed me and us yeah. all so i guess i'm just not into the
kind of weird the fog your brain will get in if you're a creative person and you don't create for a while that's and a great way to put it everybody like sinks into it every now and again and it's not something that you should like hate yourself for but it's weird like i can go a couple weeks and i'll just all of a sudden i'll be like oh i haven't made a beat in a couple weeks and it's like no wonder i feel kind of crappy yeah i should go make a beat and <laughs> yeah. love it and i always love it and it makes me happy and you know like I said, I might hate that beat tomorrow, but it really, just doing that brings me up. And yeah, yeah, you can totally get into a fog if you're not doing it all the time. But also, if you're not feeling it, you don't have to force yourself. That's to, true. Uh, yeah. You know, if any creatives out there, it's like, don't hate on yourself if you're not producing a song every day. Yeah, I like the metaphor puke and sift. Yeah. I like puke and sift. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Get everything out and then you can find what's good yeah through yeah. that also uh, the other thing is like if i have any piece of recommendation for somebody who makes music or produces is like be willing to uh let your ideas go so that's part of the puke and sift like mm -hmm. if you puke and some of the puke is pukey mm -hmm. get rid of it yep clean and, that up uh, don't be super scared about that i learned that from a producer who i love called crane who makes kind of like trappy future based stuff and uh somebody was like what's the most important tool or what's the most important piece of gear you have or software and he was like the delete key Ooh. and i was like that's amazing <laughs> that ah, is that's so awesome. that's awesome yeah anyway and i've heard a lot like I, I i like to read up on like what people's thoughts are about how to be successful and that's always been a huge one is like don't be scared to get rid of an idea like and then that Marie Kondo show came out and I was like, <laughs> so I started saying, if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I do that to a fault and Brittany will be like, you had a good idea there and you deleted it. But uh. Uh, yeah, it used to happen <laughs> a lot more um, yeah. at the start, especially. But there was there was a, a push and pull there because um, I think as a default setting, I tend to like stick to something when it's when it just because I'm used to it. 
Um, and so that's, and that's how I started. <laughs> yeah. So when we started working together, we were probably in opposite places there where I was a little bit more comfortable with like being more, I don't know, traditional is not the right word, but just kind of sticking with something because it was the first thing and yeah. that, that therefore it was the real thing. So you have the so mindset. You have to get rid of that. Like if something doesn't work, let's bring it, let's make it work. Like, yeah, it's like the psychology of it. Like let's take something that is troubled and let's make it awesome. Yeah. yeah. Don't just give up on something. Like yeah, that's, that's, you know what? That's, that's probably what it is. That's very interesting. Yeah. Right? I mean, I never thought about that. It's I mean, kind of my, the way I tend to see things is like you'd work through or whatever. But, but that being said, cre- creativity and like writing a song is not, it's, it's not a relationship or a sibling that you're, you care about or something. It's right. like, it's you expressing what's happening inside. And if you hold yourself to be like, this is what I express, that's just, that's just restricting and unhealthy. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and sometimes your first idea just isn't really that great. Like and that's yeah. something that's important to understand is that not every single thing you do is going to be like absolute fire. Right. Um I think part of the reason it's not happening now is because I think we're just getting better and the first yeah. ideas are getting better. It's so true. I'm finding myself like what we'll do is like we'll write a song, it'll exist as a demo for like a really long time. Yeah. And um you know if if I try and think of it as like, if I'm still into that two months later, then that's probably a really good song. But if I'm not, and I find I want to change a bunch of stuff about it, then that means maybe it wasn't that great. Um, So so yeah, but right now, like our songs are just coming out better. We're getting better. So I feel like there's a little bit, I definitely have the impulse to like overhaul a song entirely less than I used to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more proud now of the music we've ever made that none of you have ever heard so. <laughs> the Someday. few things this yeah. year this Sorry, guys, they'll hear it this summer yeah yeah if long. you come to the festivals you will hear uh three brand three new four. songs that we've well i think three yeah that yeah. we've never played live yeah and they're uh they're bangers yeah nice it's good to have that sort of opportunity because starting out when you're trying to write songs and you don't have a lot of you don't have a lot of material that's when you kind of hang on to things that don't work because you're yeah, like, exactly. Oh, we, need, we this. need this. Yeah. We yeah. need this. We don't have anything else. And we're not there right. anymore at all. Mm-hmm. So like we, we, we must be going on like a hundred demos sitting around. Yeah. So when you it's have that getting mindset, up there, yeah. It's yeah. getting up there for sure. That's good. So no plans for an album or not as of yet. No, no. Um, it still feels too early to be perfectly yeah. honest. We're still, we, we very much go with what, seems to like we'll see opportunities and we'll be like yes or no and i think we're really good with our instincts with bloom of going like this is the right time for this and this is not the right time for this which has worked in our favor and i think with an album it's it's a really big commitment to a sound and uh like a story or whatever it is there's a whole vision and also um streaming it's it's so different now um at our stage, I feel like to decide that we want to do an album, it would be more of a emotional, creative decision because it does something for us than it would be like a wise business move. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're actually, I think, totally content doing singles. Yeah. So it works really well. I think really in well. this day and age, like, you don't need to do an album. So there's no reason to just, like, release a bunch of songs together unless you're going to write, like, it should be an album at this like, point. Like, with a like, vision and, yeah. like, a... 
I know. like something yeah. like like it influences the it's tour. It's not just a compilation like, of your songs, right? right. Yeah. So like I like the that way, idea. If we could go on any path, like my favorite path would be we release singles for a while. Eventually, they actually catch some attention, and then maybe there's like a label out there or something that wants to pick us up. They release the singles that we've written as an EP, mm-hmm. and then give us money to make an album. That yeah. would be. If I could do it that way, that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think for us to, we'd have to put a lot to of time and effort into writing a full record, and I would take it very seriously. And mm-hmm. we just, with where we are right now, we don't really have the time or the money to dedicate that level of attention to a big project. Right. But we can make singles till the cows come home. It yeah. is true. Yeah. Especially with streaming culture. Like like you said, people grab one song and then they move on to another. Yeah. Like, it's just, just like a the playlist. Way, yeah, it's just the way it is. I was actually just listening to a podcast about this, about mm-hmm. how streaming's changed, how music is being created. Even like um, songs are getting shorter because um, there's a certain, like you need statistically for people to listen for X amount of time. If it's a shorter song, you're more likely to hit that, that percentage amount. That's why songs are less than three minutes a lot these days. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, and, and in order, it's all algorithm stuff, right? Yeah. And it's it's sad if that's the reason why you're doing something and the only reason why. But the other no. thing is, we've just been making songs lately that like, we're like two minutes and 30 seconds, we're good. Yeah. I like So it's kind of freeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've allowed my attention span to get like shorter for music and I don't mind it at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love a song that leaves me wanting more of it. Yeah. Like I'd rather yes. listen to a song twice it's or, like or you, were 50 ta- times. you were talking about <laughs> podcasts. Like you were like, people would probably want to listen to two 30 minute podcasts rather than one, one hour podcast. And it's I'm true. like, that's kind of the way I feel about music. It's like, I, like if I get to an end of a two and a half minute song and I'm like, I want to play that again. That was so good. That's right. better than a song being three and a half to four minutes. And by the end of it, I'm like, Oh, I've like, I don't know. Personally, if I hear the same chorus, like a fourth time in a song or something, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah okay, like, I get it. Like, yeah. It doesn't surprise me anymore. It doesn't even feel like, you know, anyway, so. Yeah. yeah. So the focus is the live show. So this summer, what what's on the, what's on the docket? Oh. Festivals. So, like, in my mind, and it's probably because I'm, like, a songwriter, and, like, I like stories. So I'm like, this is the summer of seven festivals. <laughs> um, alliteration. <laughs> alliteration. <laughs> Shout of out course. alliteration. <laughs> summer of seven shows. <laughs> I like seven festivals. <laughs> yeah, shows, but festivals sounds more like sets. whimsical yeah. or There's something. There's still a lot of S's in festivals. Summer so. of seven sets. Yeah, sets. that's true. So but the first one was Paddlefest. Yep. Um, there's one, I think, that isn't announced. But Shout out Luke McDonald. Yeah, Shout absolutely. He's my cousin. He was He's not a retired murderer, but he does run Paddlefest. Yeah, he did <laughs> the first episode show. of this podcast. Like, oh, he did? The rebirth of I it. I feel like okay, I knew so this. Yep. I saw that. He posted about it online or yeah, something. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so we have, uh, so we did Paddle Fest. That was the kickoff, and then there's this been been this get big gap in between. Now there's um, Follies coming right up, Folly Fest. What's after that? Uh, one that we have, cannot say gets not announced. And then there's, Come on. and then there's, yeah. Well, listen, I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. And then uh, contract is on its I way feel to like my I'm email in the right, Avengers now. right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have secrets, folks. Um, and then there's um, Future Forest, Evolve. Um, and then there's Poke Logan Camp Party. Is there anything I'm missing Area right now? Area 506. Area 506. There you go. Yeah. That's our there summer of seven festivals. 
So, yeah. yeah, I didn't count seven. I know because one was a secret, <laughs> one was a secret and one was already passed. It's because nice. Iron Man dies. Oh God! <laughs> Spoiler alert! If you don't know that by now, yeah. then you don't care. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Anything else you guys want to plug before we wrap it up? No, just uh, you know, if you're interested in what you hear, follow us on our socials. And uh, yeah, we try to stay, try to keep things up to date on Instagram and Facebook. Mostly, we don't have a Twitter. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're on all the streaming platforms. Just so. at Bloom. Bloom, B-L-E-U-M. Yeah. People always ask, is that Bloom? I'm like, well, yes, it's but no O's. <laughs> yeah. um, French it's word, Bloom with an M. Nice. Yeah, so people can find us on there. And uh, yeah, if, also don't like be shy if anyone's listening and they want to reach out and say hi. It's We'll say hi back. We are communicators, so. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so Thank much you for, for having us. us. This was it's awesome. our first podcast. Yeah, thanks yeah. for doing it. It's great. And I love podcasts. <laughs> yeah, so do I. So yeah. you get to listen to yourselves. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Be like, this sounds like I a good one. I hate my voice, though, so. <laughs> we, all, we all do. Everybody yeah, needs their does. voice. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Awesome. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, thanks. I didn't visit when you lived in that house, but now you've moved on. I didn't visit when you lived in that house, but now you've moved on. Not that I didn't miss you, but you weren't then who you are now. I didn't visit when you lived in that house, but now you've moved on. I grieved you because I had to. You let me let you go as if you never knew me. To reassess you in all that time alone, you didn't die, you grew in. I made peace with you, I was glad to. I watched you let me go as if you never loved me. Hurdle teach you, it'll reach through beyond what I could do. Here you are looking at me. I didn't visit when you lived in that house, but now you've moved on. You didn't listen when you lived in that house, but now you've moved on.